Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to According To. My name is Megan. And I'm Sierra. This week we are back with another Red episode. It's um, another Am I the A-Hole Red episode, so... These ones are always fun. Um, if you are unfamiliar with the podcast or haven't listened before, this is an episode where Megan and I go through the Am I the A-Hole subreddit, um, find a couple interesting scenarios, and we will decide between the two of us if the person is being an A-Hole or if they're not the A-Hole. Yeah, it's always or if fun. if everyone sucks. That's another option. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun to kind of get the nitty-gritty and details for other people's lives and scenarios and then just act like it's your own drama that you're involved in so um we each have i think around seven different um situations so we'll see if we get to all of those before we do that we always like to start off with our weekly spotlights so slash life updates too because yeah. this is our first episode that we are recording since finishing our first clinical which is crazy that it's been nine weeks um yeah we recorded our whole last week of the clinical so if you guys want to watch our lives that week then you can check out our youtube channel that's just megan and sierra um but yeah i think we both had a really positive first clinical experience first terminal yeah i think the thing that's getting me that's like weird is obviously yes we finished like you know one out of the last three that we're doing but then i'm like i feel like the first four or five weeks of this is going to go by pretty fast and at that point we're like actually halfway through all of like the terminal clinical experience and then you can kind of like you're on like the tail end after that so it's basically in my mind I keep just like dividing up and up because I'm like we've only finished one of the three but in my mind like the next four or five weeks I'm just like oh yeah like then we're and then halfway. halfway and then after that we're like yeah <clears throat> but we both had pretty good experiences and so I'm excited just to like have a change of pace again I think it's nice to have things switch up and that's what's nice about these nine week clinicals is that once the nine weeks are up you move on, on. somewhere else um any other new things? So Sarah we went to the lake this past yep. kind of weekend and into like the early start of the week, and we also did like something called um, Clued Up Adventure. I think is the name of the company, but we did one I think last year in Des Moines. Also, it's kind of hard to explain what it is, but essentially it's like this company that has an app. It's where almost like Pokemon Go, but with like a mystery. solving a mystery. Yeah, because it's got a specific location that you're doing it at and specific time that it's all like set up and organized for and it's all completely independent like it was just us and our mom going but since it's set up oh, for and the Haley. Same, yeah Haley since it's set too. up for the same for like a date and time then like you see other people around in their own groups doing the same thing but you're just like looking at your phone like it just tracks your location so it can tell like oh you have to go to like this location to be at the crime scene or like this location to be talking to a certain suspect and so, so honestly, like how it's that like, works. it's a lot of walking. It's it a good, hot. like, way to exercise. It was hot that day, too. Like, every stop we were at, we were like, is there shade somewhere? Because it was, it's been really hot. I mean, it's been hot everywhere, it seems like. But I think that day was like, it felt like 100 degrees. Yeah. And so, it was a warm one. Um, and then also, when you finish doing the whole game, it will kind of, like, track your time and then put you on a leaderboard. 
and we were like the first ones that finished I think um our time was what an hour 40 minutes or something like that and I think uh by the time everyone was done later that day we were like in third place which was sad but technically, so we did that one in Ames, and the other one we did was in Des Moines. So I'm sure a lot more people did the Des Moines one, um, but we were much slower at that one. Like I think it took us like almost three hours, and um, we and were we, not even in the top. We did like so. You know, we finished like we went to all like the people, all the stops, but like we knew what like the whole scenario was pretty early on. I feel like like yeah. we're like, oh, this person did it for this reason because of X, Y, and Z. But we just had to, like, hit all the stops. Well, technically, we didn't have to. But we but did. we wanted to. <laughs> we have to do that to just feel like you accomplished it. Um, yeah, we went straight from Ames to Clear Lake. Um, Haley and our grandparents were also there kind of, like, over the weekend. And then us and our mom stayed through today, Wednesday. We just got back. And it was nice. We actually did some kneeboarding for the first time this season. So, And I also, I did ski one time, and then I was like, holy cow. This is tiring. So I didn't ski to kneeboarding. Skiing hurts my back, and I was having a bad back weekend. I don't know if it was like the bed that I was sleeping on, but yeah, my back was bothering me a little bit. I was just like, I since Haley went first, she try she decided she wanted to ski, so it was like okay, she went a couple times, um, and then I jumped in and I just was like, I'll try skiing at least once because I honestly don't know if I did ski last year or not, or if I just did kneeboarding, and so. I kind of wanted to just like make sure I could still do it and so I think it's right like riding a bike like you couldn't do it for like 20 years and you'd still be able to like do it and so I got up no problem that first time and then I was just like I just kind of didn't realize how fatigued my legs would get like all around like my butts hurt my calves were fatigued my adductors from like keeping my legs together and so then I had a pretty good run and then I just was like I'm calling it and then I was like give me the kneeboard and then um, I like kneeboarding a lot more just because it's way less tiring and like I can actually do some stuff on it versus like skiing I cannot versus um, kneeboarding I can at least like I'll go in and out of the wake a little bit and I can do some 360s and something must have like unlocked in my brain this year because like I did 360s last summer I don't know if I did the year before or not but last summer I know I did a couple and they like you know, I could do a couple here and there, but I never really, like, went crazy with it. And this year, just, like, I had Dude, no issues right. at all. I did, like, four or five, one turn. Like, I've never done that before. Um, so, I'm the new 360 queen. And then we also have some books we could update on. Yeah. Also, before we get into the books, we watched um, the Gray Man movie on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, that was also... I mean, I've seen pretty good reviews, and even before I watched it, I saw overall fairly positive reviews. But I gotta admit, I was pleasantly surprised. I liked it a lot. So, I mean, like, here's the thing. When we, like, say that we like a movie, it's not me being like, oh my god, like, Oscar-worthy, you know, best movie I've ever seen. But, like, if I like a movie, I like a movie. It had, I think what really helped, too, was, like, it had a good cast. So, Ryan Chris Gosling. Chris Evans was in it, and that was enough for me. Ryan Gosling was the main character, and then Chris Evans was kind of the bad guy. And the premise of the movie was that... Um, Ryan Gosling's character was in prison. They want him to, like, they'll get him out of prison, but he needs to go work for the government and, like, be a hitman kind of guy, essentially. Um, and then he ends up kind of being told by someone else, like, oh, like, maybe you don't trust the government. And so then the government is, like, going on this mission to send someone else in to kill Evans him. 
to go after him. And so the whole movie is just about them going after him and how he keeps getting away. And, and it's just, it was so funny. Lots of action, which, like, I'm kind of indifferent about, like, action in movies. But, like, it was pretty good, entertaining. It didn't, it w- didn't feel like the type of action movie that, like, it was only action. There was nothing else going on where, like, there's no plot. Like, it, it felt like decent at least, plot. you know, purposeful. Like, I don't want to say, like, the plot was, like, they were trying to catch him. So that was the plot. Yeah. But it still felt like things were happening. And I thought it was good. Yeah. So, so I would recommend it um, if you haven't seen it yet. I also keep thinking, I'm like, the more time it goes on, the more that I'm like, I need to go watch Elvis again. Like, I don't Megan know if Sierra's in it for me, but I'm just like, it's a long I need movie, to ask and movies Haley are expensive. Or, um, our mom to go see it or something, because I just keep thinking about it. TikToks keep, here's the thing, TikToks keep popping up on my For You page, like, especially in the past couple of days, just people talking about how, like, I saw someone today who was like, they had like their little, like, Miles Teller obsession after <laughs> um, Top Gun Maverick, and then like, Elvis and it was just like Austin Butler it just like wasn't even like the same thing or people are like Top Gun was like fun and all but like Elvis changed the course of my life and <laughs> I don't know changed I just the trajectory I just need to go see it again I feel like because I don't know how much longer it's in theaters for and then when it goes on HBO Max I don't oh, know that's where it's going yeah hmm. so I don't know I don't have that not that I wouldn't you I don't know buy what it I'd on do. YouTube or something um it's yours but i feel like going and seeing in the theater would just also be like a good experience um otherwise we can catch up on books that we've finished recently um i think i know i mentioned one book in our most recent vlog so i'll like briefly mention it here but then i have two other books that i just read as well um i read things we never got over by lucy score um and that one's a pretty long book it's a romance and I kept hearing mixed reviews on it, so I kept pushing off reading it. <clears throat> but then finally, I kept seeing a couple people more recently who I follow. They read it and they liked it, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go for it. Especially because I already had it on my Kindle Unlimited, so I had access to it. <clears throat> and I liked it. I really have nothing like bad to say about it. It was like a very typical romance of like a lot of romance books that I like. <laughs> so if you're stuck on maybe not wanting to read it but if we've recommended other books to you that you've enjoyed I feel like you would enjoy it okay um I can't remember the last book that I left off with for you guys but I think I haven't mentioned every last secret um I think the author of that is AJ Torres it's just a um domestic thriller kind of thing and so I enjoyed it I give it four stars um yeah I don't really have, like, it's, like, you could read it, and I'd be, like, oh, yeah, that was good, but, like, if you didn't read it, I'd be, like, okay, that's fine. Um, Every Summer After, Megan and I both read. I gave them four stars. Really enjoyed that one. It's funny because, like, the four stars are, like, different, but for me to give a book four stars, it's just, like, if I liked it, and so I like both of those books. Um, Again, like Megan said, if you've read any romance books that we have recommended and liked them, it felt very, you know, on par with every romance book ever. It's really hard for me to dislike a romance book, you guys. Um, but this one was like actually good. I enjoyed it. Um, liked the time jump between past and present. Uh, it was good. Do you, have, you want to go with your next one before yeah. I go to my last one? Um, so then I also read One of Us is Lying. I cannot remember who the author is. Um, but I had that one for a while. So I was like, I'm finally going to go ahead and read it. And overall, I really liked it. It's basically about a group of four students who get put in detention and then, well, five students, I guess. One of them ends up dead during detention, and then 
they're kind of being framed and like one of them supposedly did it so then the whole book is kind of figuring out how that happened and who did it and they also have it as a series on peacock and so i'm going to end up watching that as well but it was very free trial yeah or like i might have to i don't know it's not that expensive just Um, add it to the list i think i've already used a free trial maybe but it kind of switches different povs or i don't know if it's povs or just like focuses on one different character but you get all of the characters like personalities and why are they possibly having a motive to kill this one student and then I thought the characters were all likable I thought the plot was interesting the whole way through kind of similar um vibes to um what is oh a good girl's guide to murder a little bit I felt like and so I'd recommend it it was like very it's young adult because it takes place in high school but I enjoyed it and I think that I will like the show that it's based off of hopefully and then, do you want me to do my last one, or do you want to do... I'll do mine quick. So, I just finished reading The Younger Wife by Sally Hepworth. I think it's my second Sally Hepworth book. I also have read... Um, Meg and I have both read The Mother-in-Law. And I think that she's just, like, a really solid, like, domestic thriller author. And I feel like, for me, like, domestic thrillers can be kind of, like, detached in a way, almost. Where, like, usually um, a lot of domestic thrillers are based off of, like, affairs or, like, domestic abuse or something, so obviously, like, watch out for trigger warnings and stuff with that kind of thing, but sometimes, like, you feel like you don't get to know the characters. I also feel like that's because the author kind of creates, like, a mystery around the characters, because, like, we don't fully know what's going on, um, but I feel like Sally Hepworth does a good job of maintaining that mystery while still, like, giving us a glimpse into, like, the characters' personalities and stuff, and so this book, essentially, there's, like, these two daughters of this, like, kind of older, doctor and his wife their mom has dementia and so like she's kind of being moved into a home and stuff and like yeah he's still married to her but like they're not really like the same like you know married couple that they once were and so eventually the dad meets a younger woman who's like starts off as like their interior designer for their house she's actually like a couple years younger than the daughters but then he starts to like fall in love with her and it doesn't really like even dive into like the start of their relationship that much like it starts with him like wanting to get married to this woman and like the daughters know that and stuff like and so he's like oh I should like divorce my wife and stuff and like it dives between like three different perspectives of the two daughters and then the younger wife like their interactions like with their own personal lives and stuff and like their own kind of like mental issues and stuff and then like also just like some crazy stuff goes on there's like the wedding it's kind of like the opening scene where something crazy happens and then like we get a bunch of backstory and then a few time jumps back to the wedding until we resolve things at the end so i thought it was good um and i enjoyed it i gave that four stars okay the last book that i just finished reading was in my dreams i hold a knife i don't remember the author but sierra had also read that ashley winstead sierra had read that one um a good chunk in time ago a few months ago and it had been on my to do or it had been on my tbr because Sierra rated it five stars, so I was like, I will get around to it. I just, like, had other books that I wanted to read before I got back to it. Uh, and I was very pleasantly surprised because it was more of a, it's a whodunit thing because you're they're trying to figure out who killed one of their classmates. So the premise of the story, I'm like, what? <laughs> how about <laughs> Let I give me you... give you a summary. Um, so how many people are in this friend group? Like, seven-ish, but there's, like, a few more characters that are, like, involved in the story beyond just like the seven but in college one of them ends up dead their senior year and so they had originally thought that 
one character did it and then he never actually got charged with anything so it basically like 10 years down the line people like think he still did it and just got away with it but then the brother of the girl who was killed and other people in this friend group don't think that he would have done it and so it's like 10 years later they're going back to their college town for a reunion and they're all brought back together and this younger brother who also now works for like the school and like doing these homecomings and reunions reunions and stuff gathers them all together and is like one of you did it and I don't think it was that one guy so we're gonna get to the bottom of this and so the whole story is basically going back and forth between um like it jumps back and forth between the present time at the reunion and then back in college like different situations and stuff and I feel like what really made this book interesting to me is like one the characters were interesting you actually like got to know them and, and they like had for like intricate relationships there was a lot of characters and so like I will say that's the daunting part from when I remember reading it was just like trying to get all the characters at first straight in your head but then like once you do they develop like such these like such distinct personalities that you're like okay like I know who this one is so I also thought that when it comes to a thriller like I need twists that aren't expected and so a lot of times with mysteries I feel like you go through reading the book you've kind of got some different ideas and then like just one of the things that you had thought in your head like ends up being the answer and maybe it wasn't like maybe you couldn't get there the entire way through and so it's still a decent mystery but this book actually had like genuine twists in it like multiple of them I felt like and so it really had you guessing the entire way through because you didn't know what was going to happen next or you didn't know why things were going on the way they were and um I felt like this book reminded me after the fact it kind of it seemed similar to The Maidens by Alex Michaelides but I thought it was better because I I read that after I'd read The Silent Patient which to me is still like top Top thriller it's gonna be hard to ever beat that book but he also wrote um that book so then I read that which was still a good thriller mystery but it kind of fell a little bit short when my expectations were so high and I felt like this book was like that I feel like maybe it was just because it was like set in the same like academia type of situation but it was better I thought Sierra also thought it seemed similar to or maybe no I was saying so the author of this book Ashley Winstead I think is her name for my memory she has a new book coming out called The Last Housewife and I think the plot of that sounds similar to The Maidens which was kind of uncanny because Megan had mentioned that and I had read I had just read the plot summary of her new book that's coming out and I was like that's weird that you say that about this book because her next book I feel like sounds similar to The Maidens so um from reading this book like from what I remember I also liked that it wasn't just relying on like the mystery thriller there's some like love triangle stuff going Mm -hmm. on like there's just a lot of other like relationship dynamics which is kind of play why part of why I was getting confusing because I kept being like wait I thought this person was with this person yeah and then yeah yeah so that was kind of confusing but it creates depth and drama so yeah Sierra also, she's been meaning to try and figure out how to make, like, a TikTok slash reel of, like, if you like this TV show or movie, read this book. So that's been a work in progress that she's been trying to mm-hmm. I've been slacking through. on my reels. I need to get back on it. My reel that I just posted did decently well. I was pleased. No, not your reel, your TikTok. My TikTok, yeah. Sorry. You deleted the reel. I <laughs> did post it on my Instagram reel, and then I was like, apparently they don't freaking push it out at all if you don't post it on your feed because it was getting it had 14 views by the time I deleted it and I had left it up for like a couple hours so I was like okay I will try this again later (laughs) um okay 
I think that we are ready to go ahead and jump into the different scenarios. So would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay. Am I the a-hole for not allowing my son to have his friends over until someone fesses up? My son is 19. A few weeks ago, he had friends over, which is fine. I went to bed early, and I, and when I went to bed, my son and his friends were in the basement. I came down the next morning and went to check my emails. My laptop was in the same place I left it last night, but the screen was cracked, and it looks like there was a drink spilled on it. When my son got up, I asked him if he knew who had damaged my laptop. He said he didn't know, and they had been in the basement while I had left my laptop in the dining room. I told him there was no way the laptop broke its own screen and spilled a drink on itself, so if it wasn't him, then it was one of his friends. He swore up and down that no one had touched my laptop. I was like, okay, then no friends over until someone fesses up. I don't think he took me seriously because I came home from work a few days later and he had some he had some of his friends over. I apologized to them but informed them that no one had owned up to breaking my laptop, so I wasn't allowing company over in the meantime. My son is very upset, says I'm embarrassing him. I'm of the mind that I don't want people in my house who feel it's okay to break things and then hide it. I've made it clear I don't expect them to replace it. I just want someone to own up and apologize. My sister has told me the punishment is harsh, and she agrees I'm embarrassing my son. Am I the a-hole? I feel like what's hard is, like, you don't technically know if the son knows who did it, and so, in a way, punishing him by not allowing friends over. Well, I guess, here's the thing. Maybe she's still allowing her, like, son to go do things, but, like, just isn't allowing people to go to her house, which in that sense... I feel like that kind of is an okay punishment because her property was damaged and now she doesn't want people over that think they can just do that. And also the fact that she's just wanting someone to own up to it and not necessarily pay for it, I feel like is like, why wouldn't someone just come forward and say something? But I don't know, like if it a certain amount of time passes, is she just going to say like I can't remind or what I don't know see I think not the a-hole this is the type of thing like as a parent I would be like okay well someone did it so like who's gonna say something like this would make me so mad because I'd be like obviously someone did it like one of your friends or you did it and so someone say something that's all I ask yeah so I would be like if you want like tell one of your friends to like literally like even if they didn't do it tell them they confess because like, I'm just, I'd be at that point. Yeah. And, like, also, like, you said, she might, like, let her son go hang out at other people's house. So, I think it's fine. Like, you want to know, like, who you're letting into your home. And, like, maybe when that friend comes over, you'll keep an eye on them a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mine is, am I the a-hole for leaving during an evening with my girlfriend to go help my ex? Me, 24-year-old male, and my ex-girlfriend, 24 female, broke up a little over two years ago. One year before our breakup, we adopted a dog, Bean. I am not going to lie, we were kind of crazy pet owners. He was like our kid. Our breakup was mutual, and at the end, we were more like friends slash roommates than a couple. The hardest part was figuring out what to do with Bean. We both wanted to keep him in our lives, so we decided in an arrangement to please both of us. She has the bigger garden, and she often works at home, so she has him most of the time. I often go on hikes on the weekend, and she has to travel for work once a month, so I have him at least a week each month and on the weekends. Um, I have the code to get into her garden, so when it's my turn, I just go and get him. Her brother is one of my closest friends, and I hike with him during the weekend, so he's the one getting him. If we talk, it's mostly to give small updates about our families. We've known each other since we were 15 and the dog. 
I know this arrangement is unusual, but Bean is our dog, and right now both of us can't imagine not having him in our life. Six months ago, I met Anna, 25-year-old female. She is now my girlfriend. She never complained or said anything about how things work with Bean. This Monday, Anna came over to my place. It was just a casual evening slash night together. Around 10, my ex called me in tears. A neighbor came in the afternoon to deliver something, and she forgot to close the gate. When my ex came back, Bean was missing. She told me that her and her boyfriend looked around but couldn't find him, and they were going to call more people to search for him. I told her that I was coming. I asked Anna if she wanted to come, but she refused. When I arrived at my ex place, a few people were here, were there to help. Her boyfriend, her brother, the neighbor, and her family, and some of our friends. Anyways, it took us over an hour, but we finally found him. He was fine. We took him home. I gave him a lot of hugs, said bye, and left. I came home, and Anna was already in bed. When I tried to talk to her, she told me that she was tired and didn't want to talk. The next day, she was cold and barely talked to me, but after work, she called me to talk and kind of exploded on the phone. She said that I left her to go with my ex and that she was hurt, that I chose to spend the night with my ex and our friends rather than with her. I tried to explain that I only went because of Bean, but she refused to listen to me. According to her, there is enough people to help find Bean, and my ex didn't need my help, which is true, but he is still my dog, and it's my job to be there for him, um, even our friends, even if our friends came to help. I want to add this is the only time that something like this has happened since we broke up. Anyways, thoughts? <laughs> um, I would say not the a-hole. I think that his current girlfriend is incorrectly framing the situation. I feel like this is very simply, like, not the a-hole. You did the right thing. Like, if that's your dog, you go and help right. get things solved and or figured out. Or even just, out. like, you know, being someone, like, we've both had, like, you know, dogs go missing. And, like, we've been fortunate enough to find them every time. But, like, in that scenario, you want, like, all hands on deck. Like, I don't care if there's 20 people. I'm like, if we can get 30, that's even better. You know what I mean? Never had to resort to getting that many people to look for a dog. <laughs> but, like, that's what your mind is thinking. Because you're, like, the more the merrier. You're, like, we just need as many people looking as possible. Yeah. Like, in fact, in fact, girly, why didn't you go with? Right? I'd be like, if you're really my girlfriend, like, come with me. So we can both find my my dog. dog. Um, Um, Just a weird thing to get upset over, especially if she's never had an issue with the dog sharing in the past. You'd think that she would, like, kind of like the dog. Like, you know, she's probably met him at this point. I'm assuming Bean is a him. Like, I just think you'd be like, oh, my God, Bean's missing. Like, I'm going to go help find him. Right? So, yeah. Not the a-hole in that scenario okay next one i have is am i the a-hole for my response when my boyfriend brought up the apartment purchase slash ownership in front of his family context i female 29 have been with my boyfriend adam male 27 for two and a half years he's the quiet slash shy type it's very hard to get him to open up uh, about what bothers him for now i'm the one with an income We get along easily, though he can be a bit unreasonable sometimes. Example, he doesn't cook because he's worried I won't like his food, but still cooks for himself, and the smell is pretty telling that he's cooking, or that what he's cooking is good. Another example, that he doesn't do most of the chores. So, wait, he won't even, like, let her try the food he makes? I don't know. We can stop, you know, after paragraphs and kind of give a little rundown of what we think. Um, Another example is that he doesn't do most chores, saying he's worried he might break slash damage something. It's frustrating, but we're working on fixing it. What is this? This is um we've talked about oh, weaponized this. incompetence yes. right is yeah. that what it is could you imagine 27 year old male you won't clean something because you're gonna break it what <laughs> or what would you, you do if you break it what would you do if you weren't in a relationship right now you just wouldn't clean like come on you're gonna break the floor like this is one like yes we'll give our answer to like you know the specific scenario 
But this is one of those moments where I'm just like, why are you with this guy? Anyways, next paragraph. Now on to the more complicated issue. I'd put money aside since 2015 to buy an apartment, and I'm finally able to get it done this year. When I told him this, he got he got agitated and said I should wait a little bit longer until we're married, but I said no. He started complaining about how he feels bad because or bad about me buying an apartment because uh, he's not able to condo? contribute. I don't know. Like that's why I was like buy an apartment. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Unless she's buying a whole building, but I doubt that's the case. Um, I asked what I was supposed to do because it kind of sounded like a he problem. No offense, but he got so worked up and gave me two options. One is I put his name on the title. Two is not buy the apartment until marriage, so it'll be a shared marital asset. I said no, and that was final, and he should drop it. He did eventually. At his family's house, I was taken aback when he started complaining about the apartment and again told me to either put his name on the title or wait until marriage to buy it because he feels like there's a huge quote-unquote power imbalance here um and that he can't bring himself to accept it he also said that it makes him feel like he contributes nothing i snapped and said the reason you feel like you contribute nothing is because you literally contribute nothing and i suggest you fix that by actually finding a job and having a decent income his family looked shocked he glanced at me and then got up and walked away i waited for him to come back uh but had to go home because his mom said he felt too overwhelmed and wants some space she then basically started shaming uh, me for my statement and hinted about financial abuse and control over her son. He's not home yet, demanding another tall call about the apartment, probably expecting me to agree to one option. What would getting married solve? I don't know. He would just she did like say, they're married. edit in case this matters. He has a disability that limits his job opportunities. Okay, but that doesn't mean there are no job opportunities. I feel like the, what it sounded like to me was that marriage was the option to, like, permanently tie them together. And then he feels like, okay, now, even though I'm still not contributing anything, I'm still going to have my name on the title because we're married or... What I'm gathering is it seems like he wants it to still feel like it's 50-50, you know, ownership or assets, but can't financially contribute. Like, I feel like it sounds like you he's, can't like, have it all. Is my thought on this. I well, can't like, not be contributing and then be like, but act like I'm contributing. That's where just like, I mean, so many of these am I the a-hole things, especially when it comes to relationships, is like based off of like financial stuff. And I'm like, do people like that get into like long-term serious relationships not talk about their expectations when it comes to like what they expect of like their financial relationship with their partner? Is it complete 50-50? Like what is this like situation that we're talking and it's hard to say exactly what is going on or what to expect with her mentioning, like, disability and, like, limited job opportunities. Like, I don't know how limited that makes his job options, but they obviously have to come to some sort of agreement. And the girl makes it sound like she's expecting her partner to be able to contribute something. Mm-hmm. And, like, I do like to give, like, you know, benefit of the doubt to, like, the boyfriend in this scenario. Like, I can understand me, but Rachel, if, like, you want to be able to contribute equally, but you're not yet able to at that point. And so you're like, I mean, that's like where it's like the marriage thing doesn't make sense to me, but it's like, wait for me to save up so that we can equally contribute or like, let's find something right now that's maybe cheaper that we can both equally contribute to. Like I can get that argument if it's wanting to like feel like they're contributing to something. Mm-hmm. Cause like I can imagine if you were dating someone and they're like, oh, like, like, let's say, like, they're a millionaire, and they're like, oh, let's buy this house, and you're like, oh, I can't afford that house, you know, that's an extreme scenario, yeah. but, like, I can kind of get 
being like oh like I feel uncomfortable that you're like doing this on your own I get that yeah so and also what do we think about like just the family scenario like the blow up there I who was the one that brought like her the boyfriend brought it up first but then she's the one who had like the if you feel you're confused nothing I mean that's in my heart like my heart was saying you go girl (laughs) because I mean it's not probably like the greatest way to put it but like it was it's the reality it seems for the situation um but in practice I do think you know hold back a little bit more and it's also like that's when you dive into like the dynamics of like having that happen in private would have been much better because now his family has like this notion and idea like about the type of person you are and you know you want in my opinion you want your significant other family to like you and I feel like that's not gonna bode well just you know so if I have to come up with like my one answer and she's asking specifically about her response like brought up in front of the family so not the scenario itself I might say a little bit. I yeah, like it's in front of his family. She responded in the heat of the moment with emotion, instead of kind of saying like, "Hey, like let's not talk about this, maybe, or we can talk more about this later in private." Mm -hmm. I'm gonna look at some of the comments just because this one was very like highly upvoted. It had like sixteen sixteen thousand upvotes. So first one says. Not the a-hole. One second paragraph sounds a lot like weaponized incompetence. We already said that. Um, he brought it up in front of family to get Mama to back him. He sounds like a bit of a leech. TBH. Um, for what reason does he want his name on the title if he hasn't put money into it? So I think a lot of people are answering this just like in the general sense of things, which like you and I already talked about. We kind of agree with that. The boyfriend maybe not, just might not be the best partner for them, you know, long term, I would say. That's just for my uh, reading three paragraphs about this relationship. Um, yeah, I think that's most of what I'm seeing is not the a-hole. Okay. And lots of people bringing up weaponized incompetence. That's funny. Um, my next one is, am I the a-hole for celebrating my late husband's birthday with our daughter in front of my boyfriend? My 39-year-old female, or, okay, this girl is a 39-year-old female. Um, Her husband passed away in 2013. Um, At the time, they started trying for a baby. I found out I was pregnant after, and our daughter, Kylie, is eight now. I've slowly started dating again and have been with Rick, 41-year-old male, for almost a year. We don't live together, but he's getting some renovations done at his place, so he stayed at mine for a few days. It's finished now, so he's gone back. Every year, me and Kylie celebrate my late husband's birthday. I buy a cheap cake and put some candles on it. We sing happy birthday, and Kylie blows out the candles. Usually, I order in pizza or buy her McDonald's for dinner. His birthday was a couple days ago, and Rick was there. As usual, I bought a cake, and me and Kylie did our little thing, and I ordered pizza for all of us. Rick seemed okay with it and was laughing along with Kylie, but he later told me that what I was doing is hurtful to not only him but to Kylie. I honestly was so confused, um, so I asked what he meant. He said that, one, I was disrespecting our relationship by celebrating another guy's birthday in front of him, and two, Kylie's getting older and she eventually needs to understand her dad is dead. I thought this was pretty stupid. She'll, she's well aware he's dead, <laughs> but she still likes celebrating his birthday. Rick insisted that what I'm doing is toxic in the long run. 
am I the a-hole? No, this guy's Break stupid. Break up with this guy immediately. This guy's stupid. <clears throat> I've never understood the weird thought process that some people have of like when they're dating someone who has a spouse or partner who has passed away. There's a difference between moving on and just like completely forgetting someone exists. Because like people can move on but still do these things that are meaningful to them, celebrate the person's birthday, remember them as a person. It's not like they broke up with them. Like the person's life the person ended was and they were going, still very much in love with them. They were planning on being with this person for the rest of their life maybe. And so I think it's very it makes sense, especially like when you have this daughter who has never met her dad and as a mom, she's probably trying to find any way she can to like make her dad who would have been there and loved her, you know, presumably, um, like feel like involved in her life and like try and incorporate like these stories about him and like just make him a presence in her life, even though he hasn't ever physically been there. And you're going to be mad about that. It's not like they even did that much. Like yeah. they freaking bought a cake and like blew out some candles. I also feel like if you were dating someone who had gone through this and like was um, a widow or widower, is that the terminology? No, they're the widow. But if there was like a husband. Oh, is it different between yeah men and women? Yeah. I didn't know that. Actually, maybe I did. Um. Anyways, whatever the term is, I feel like you would almost want to think that they would do those things to just show that they remember that person and had a oh, kid. Oh, it is widower if it's a guy. Don't act like I'm stupid. <laughs> I guess you never hear that that much. Um, yeah, I just am, I think it's extremely odd when people have an issue with other people doing those types of things. So. I agree. Especially, so, I feel like, uh, how long have they been dating? A um, year? I can look. I was like, who it's do you think you she are? slowly started dating again. Oh, for almost a year. Yeah, I just... It's a little weird. Okay. Um, the top comment says, not the a-hole. My husband's dad has been dead for 22 years. We all still celebrate his birthday with pizza and his favorite TV show. This guy's going to be an issue. All right. Next one I have. This one's kind of interesting, so we'll see. Am I the a-hole for asking my wife to help pay for private school despite separate finances? I have been married to Stella for seven years now. Together we have five children. Daughters from a from my previous relationship, Kira 11 and May 7. A son and daughter from Stella's previous relationship, Brianna 13 and Jaden 8. And a son together, Lucas, who's two. My two are 50-50 custody, while my stepchildren only see their biological father every second weekend. My wife and I agreed to split finances and have mostly kept separate aside from a joint account for essentials such as bills, groceries, house, etc. We both used to be high earners, though had terrible hours. When our parental leave for Lucas was finishing, our child or our children begged us not to go back to work, that they hated the before and after school care and wanted us. In the end, my wife went back to work while I quit my job and got a new one. It was much lower pay, but essentially school hours, so I was able to be there for, for our kids. Stella has been paying um, more of our joint expenses, but otherwise it has been fine. I wouldn't say the split has been firm, though. I do buy stuff for my stepchildren or pay when I take them all out. It's more like big payments that are separate. Brianna, so this is Stella's oldest child, 
goes to a private school. I was talking about high schools to my sister since Kira is in year six. Realized that on my current pay, I won't be able to afford to send her with her sister. My ex is barely willing to pay the costs related to public school, let alone a private one. The school is so much better than the nearby public school, and I know Kira wants to go to her sister's school, so I tried to talk to Stella and asked if she would be willing to help. Hold it's on. education. It's, so the oldest one's already in a private school is the girl's daughter. Yes. And so... The next one going to high school would his be his daughter, daughter. But she wants to be at the same school. Yeah, and he also was saying that the public or the private school is a lot better than the public school. Okay. Um, it's education. She's close with my daughters, so it's not like I'm asking her to pay for something crazy. Stella refused, and I would have accepted it even though I was annoyed, but she went on saying I knew we were split finances, and I, quote, made my choice when I took the lower pay job, that I got more time for less money, so I can't complain that I paid less. I got pretty upset about that. I didn't stay home for fun. It was for our family, our children. I love my job, but I had to sacrifice it for them. It was worth it, of course, but still. Stella basically said that it was my decision, so tough luck, that she's not going to finance me. I got angry with that and told her that she knew the consequence, consequences of her job so she can deal with her children then. Her money won't be used or her money won't be used on mine, so I won't use my extra time on hers, but can they can stay oh my god. They can stay in care hours until our old hours. He's writing this not me. Stella got pissed back, accusing me of using her for money and calling me a complete a hole for suggesting uh, what I did for my stepchildren. We argued pretty bad. She thinks I'm being greedy, selfish, and petty, but it's not like I'm asking to mooch. I would still fit 50% and get my ex to contribute as much as I can get her to. Yes, it was my choice, but it was for all the children and for our family. Besides, I literally take care of my stepchildren more than my own, 85% versus 50%. I'm just, I'm not just being lazy or focusing on my own children. I've been here for them all, so I think it's frankly unfair for her to refuse to help even a little, but obviously she thinks I'm being an a See, this is interesting because there's a lot going on, and they actually seem like they have talked and thought a lot about finances and whatnot, and it still is presenting as an issue. Um, my initial thoughts are that I almost wonder if this whole him getting a different job is something that he, he's viewing it as more of a sacrifice than I think she is realizing or is even considering. So I'm wondering if she viewed it more as like a, oh, I don't mind, like I'll take the lower paying job, like I don't know if he emphasized to her, like, this is a sacrifice, but, like, I will make it for the family because it's going to benefit us in this way, shape, or form. And she's very much coming at, a, at an angle of, like, you're responsible for what job you have, how much you pay, and we agreed beforehand for all of this that we're going to do our finances this way. And so him getting this different job is obviously not, not what he was expecting, and so now he's in a situation where he's like, okay, I think we need to adjust things a little bit. And she is like, no, we don't. I also honestly feel like for a school, like that's honestly between the girl's actual parents and what they decide to do and can afford. And so if she sticks with public school, like I just think that she's sticking with public school then, you know? Mm-hmm. I think for this scenario I agree with you that like they do seem like they've talked about it I think that they it seems like they've talked about finances in terms of like strictly like money and I think that you brought up a good point of like them maybe need to needing to reframe like him getting a new job time being money like that Mm -hmm. kind of thing 
and maybe like had they had or like if they have a new conversation kind of incorporating like his contribution that's like not financial but like could be considered financial like with you know yeah I'm not earning you know xyz paycheck but I'm like saving us this much money in after school care slash like you're not paying for after school care because I'm watching all of our kids now so I feel like expanding the conversation to include that which it sounds like he's brought it up I don't know if he's like brought it up to her or if he just like wrote it in the reddit post um it's tough though like I don't I don't know like this is what's tricky about like blended step families because it's like how combined and blended do you want to be like are we like all in like 50 50 what's like your kids are my kids like is it that kind of thing or are we keeping it separate to be honest like speaking from you know our personal experience with like blended families it was kind of like parents together families a little bit separate like we went to different schools because that didn't change at all when our parents got married and so in that situation if we're making it kind of the same as this separate we also schools, all went to public schools <laughs> we all went to public schools but um yeah I don't know I think we made decent points in terms of I don't know if I think anyone's necessarily being an a-hole like I see where a lot of people are coming from you know so maybe it's everyone sucks maybe it's no one sucks but like I feel like it's there's no right or wrong answer in my opinion let's look at what other people say okay so comments are saying everyone sucks here is the first one that I see um you need to discuss this uh when you or you needed to discuss this when you decided to cut your hours it doesn't sound like the decision was in any way a mutual one made between you and your wife but all you despite that your wife has been willing to pay more of your shared expenses which at least somewhat compensates for the extra childcare you are doing for some reason you waited until your kid was about to start high school to even think about where she'd go and how you'd afford it you sprung on your wife that, despite your prior agreement being different, you want her to pay tens of thousands in tuition she wasn't planning on. Also, no kid needs to go to private high school. Your daughter will be fine at a public school. <laughs> I agree with a lot of those points, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we touched on some of those. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's anyone else. Someone said, you're the a-hole. You're the a-hole. That's otherwise what I'm seeing. Everyone sucks or you're the a-hole. Okay. Am I the a-hole for saying my sister will always be a priority and I'd put her on the same level as my own kids? I, 34-year-old male, have a sister, Caitlin, 21, female. We have a decent age gap. We're technically half-siblings but never used the term. Her dad left before she was born and our mom died when I was 22 and Caitlin was 9. As I had essentially helped my mom raise her, I gained custody and continued to raise her. I adopted her when she was 12, and while we do still refer to each other as brother and sister, she will always be my first kid. I changed her diapers. I started clothing and feeding her long before our mom died, as our mom needed help financially. I was there for every nightmare, temper tantrum, survived the hormonal teenage years. She's my kid, no doubting that. Caitlin is at college now, but still lives with me on breaks. I've been dating my current girlfriend, Abby, 32-year-old female, for eight months now. We began talking about the future, what we see for ourselves, etc. I mentioned that it was important to me that Caitlin always had a home with me, that I'd always want a room set aside for her. 
Abby was somewhat hesitant and asked why. I told her that if anything happened, I'd want Caitlin to have a safe place to land. Abby doesn't like that. She asked what happens when we have kids. I said I should care for all of them, or I could care for all of them, but Caitlin is my first kid and she'd be a priority, same as the rest. Um, I'd do, do the same for any kid we had. Abby got pissed and said our kids would be my real kids and they should come before Caitlin. I refused. She told me that this was wrong and I'd be a horrible father if I acted like this. Our hypothetical kids deserve better. <laughs> uh, is that it? Yep. Not the a-hole. I've been dating for eight months. <laughs> it's a little bit of a deep dive for a conversation. I mean, I feel like, is it unconventional? Yes, but like you go into yeah. each relationship, like you go into like learning their backstory and like the dynamics of all their relationships and it makes exactly i feel like it's it's unconventional but that's why they're talking about this eight months down the road and not five years in or after they're already married and if it doesn't work for the girlfriend fine but that's obviously not something he's budging on so it's honestly more so like no one's the a-hole and it's just like this isn't gonna work out like personally if i was the girlfriend i feel like i'd be like yeah it makes sense that you know, adding your history so. and stuff, but it's good. Like Megan said, it's happening now because if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And it's for the best because you, you want to be with someone who's going to welcome your sister to your home with open arms. Um, so top comment that I see is not the a-hole. This is um, a red flag and you need to move on. This isn't someone you want to build a life with. Um, not the a-hole. The woman just did you a favor. <laughs> um... Yeah, pretty much everyone is, yeah, saying that, so. Okay, this next one, first of all, I would like to say, I think this Redditor was a little bit aggressive when they wrote this post, but I'll be reading, obviously. Am I the a-hole for being mad at my fat roommate who has been wearing my clothes and completely ruining them? Recently, I have been noticing that any new clothes I get are becoming less tight and looser a few days after purchasing them. It was making me doubt myself if I was the reason for that. Like, maybe I was getting weight and was loose, was losing them when I tried them on myself. Loosening. Yes. Um, but when I found out that it's actually my roommate who has been trying them out for, quote, unquote, a few hours when I wasn't home, I went absolutely crazy at her. But she basically ruined, like, five new sets of expensive clothes. They're so loose now because of her fat body, and I look so ridiculous and uncomfortable in them, as I'm much skinnier than her. Her excuse was that they looked so nice that she wanted to try them out, especially when she was... She has a problem finding nice clothes that she can wear, her words, and I don't like it because she didn't tell me about it until I caught her myself. She said that she thought it was just something so insignificant that she didn't need my permission. Let's just say that things didn't go well, and I decided to get a lock for my closet, which offended her, and got her on the defensive, especially when I called her fat, which she is. She is literally obese. Um, am I the a-hole? I don't know if I love this girl's personality, but that <laughs> aside... Um, I feel like the roommate was in the wrong and just assuming that she could go in her roommate's closet and like try every new thing on just because she wanted to, like that's an invasion of privacy and right. This is like not the a-hole for what you're posting about. Like, yeah, your roommate shouldn't be trying your clothes on without your permission. Like, and that is regardless of size. Yeah. Like, regardless. You, like, you say, didn't have like, to say, don't try my clothes on. You didn't even have to include like anything about her body shape, body type. You could be like, my roommate's trying my clothes on without telling me, am I in the wrong? And we'd say, no. And then, like, sure, go put a lock on, like, whatever. That's that's up to you. Um, 
So in that sense, no, I don't think you're the a-hole. Do I think that you're the nicest person with words? No, but <laughs> maybe you don't have a way with words. Um, but I'm going to look at the comments because I'm curious. Uh, not the a-hole. Um, I'm trying to see if anyone, like, I mean, everyone's saying, like, not the a-hole because, like, you know, we're, we're not done. We know it's her clothes and, like, you can get mad at your roommate for trying clothes on. But I was curious if anyone else, um, yeah, was saying anything. But not as I'm scrolling through right now that I can see. So, I don't know. Maybe just us. Okay. This one was, like, kind of random. And I was like, I don't know. Okay. Am I the a-hole for telling the girl next to me on the plane that her fragrance fragrance was too strong? 20th hour of travel for me. That's the first sentence. 20th Kay. hour. Um, after a three-hour delay on my final one-hour flight, a pretty preppy young lady sits in the middle seat, me, middle-aged white male, in the window. She already reeked of perfume, but she pulls out a heavily odorific hand sanitizer and slathers herself. I am literally sick to my stomach, but hold my tongue, thinking it would wane soon. It didn't. <laughs> Minutes later, as I peek out from under my mask to adjust the air vent, and she asks if I'll open the blind for her to see. Yes, I say, but grumpy but grumpy me lets out, your fragrance is very strong. Sorry, she replies sheepishly. <laughs> Why is he narrating like this? Ew. Um, <laughs> I pulled out. Like he's right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like a, a walk-out scenario. <laughs> I pulled down my sleep mask. Insert Y name. <laughs> Your name here. Um, I pulled down my sleep mask the rest of the flight. When we land, she turns to me and claims she has no sense of smell, that I made her flight very uncomfortable, and I should be more sensitive to what other people are going through. Also, she says her husband said the sanitizer smelled nice. I keep my cool, but I tell her she should not use fragrances next time she flies. Honestly, the moment I left the plane, I smelt a felt better. That's what it says. Smelt a felt? Yes. Anyways. Maybe he meant smelt and felt better. Maybe. Anyways. Um, am I the a-hole for speaking up? Who Was there a better way to handle that situation? I wasn't trying to upset her just to breathe and suggest she back off the perfumes. Um, yeah. I think I thought you're the a-hole just because like, the way she didn't Okay, ask. is it weird? The way he's writing this, I'm kind of like, you're a problematic person. <laughs> or like, you're... Strange. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. There was nothing she could do in that situation. Right. She can't take her perfume off. So by saying something, what are you thinking is And, like, to happen? me, the hand sanitizer is, like, a moot point because, it's like, she's putting hand sanitizer on. Like, and, like, it's on a plane, so, like, it makes sense that she'd, like, want to use hand sanitizer. I'd be, like, and like if someone commented maybe to me about, like, my hand sanitizer. Body works ones that have a strong scent. I get it. Like, it could have a very strong smell and honestly like i'm someone i don't love fragrances either but i wouldn't say something to someone and honestly, it's an hour flight it's one hour consider yourself lucky that you're being bombarded with like these fragrances as opposed to like someone with like bo on your flight that's worse and like she literally oh, I also thought it was kind it. of i was also like she can't smell but she like chooses to wear well then like that almost like makes me feel bad because i feel like since she can't smell she's like she Maybe. might be, like, really paranoid, like, that she does smell. Maybe. And so she, like, overcompensates with, like, putting perfume on and stuff. So, I mean, I don't think he was, like, being a horrible, like, a-hole, but I just feel like 
if like I was in her shoes, I'd be like, okay, like what do you mean to do about that? Like I can't remove my perfume or like the hand sanitizer that I would just put on, <laughs> you know? And like just mm-hmm. that would mortify me if like just like a public, like an encounter like that, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> um, another thing to consider is like some people have like. The top comment says not the a hole because. Um, they're like, it takes a special kind of a-hole to douse themselves with perfume before a flight. What, what the actual frick is wrong with people? Um, she can't smell. She and then there's also some is. people saying that, like, they have a hard time smelling or whatever, so then, like, they feel like they wear a lot of perfume. And then there's some people saying, um, like, they're allergic to artificial fragrances, and so then that would be, like, an issue for them. Like, they'd be, like, sneezing all over the flight. <laughs> Stuff like that. Some people are like, fragrances give me migraines. Everyone's got their issue. Um, so. Someone said, it's a good point, but telling her only hurt her feelings. She couldn't or smell like, less strong once it's exactly. on there and she's on the plane. Exactly. Hopefully she'll learn from the experience and we'll take it easy next time. That's the best outcome and conclusion we can get. She needs to have her husband or whoever be her nose. I know. I'm almost like there's certain things that I feel like, yes, in a way, you're kind of like you want her to maybe like have some guidance for the future. But like, is it a stranger's job to like step in and like be the leader in this situation or in like other situations? Like, maybe not. Like, I just feel like it was a prominent issue that like a lot of people noticed, like someone in her life would step up and be like, hey, like. Maybe let's work through how many spritzes of this perfume you should use before it's, like, good. And that's enough. So, I don't know. Okay. My turn? Mm-hmm. Am I the a-hole for using our son as a DD? This happened on Friday, but I'm still thinking about it. My son, 16, wanted to go to the movies, and my husband and I had dinner plans with another couple. The showing he wanted to see was at 8, and our dinner plans were at 8.30. So I told our son he could take my car if he dropped my husband and I off at the restaurant and picked us up after his movie was over. He agreed, so that was that. We got dropped off at 7.45 and nursed a cocktail at the bar until it was time for dinner. Since we knew we, were, we wouldn't be driving, we didn't worry about limiting our intake and we just enjoyed dinner. Dinner wrapped up around 10 and our plan was to hang out um, at the bar until our son texted us. Our friends asked if we wanted to split a cab, so I explained our son was picking us up. She asked me if we actually used our teenage son as a designated driver. I explained it works for everyone because he gets to take the car and we don't have to worry about how much we drink. My friend thought that was horrible. She said anything it could make or anything could happen to our son and we would be stuck at a restaurant drunk. We weren't that drunk uh, with no car to drive uh, to his location to help him. I think she was being rather dramatic. I don't really want to ask friends or family to win in case they agree with her. And I uh, lower in their estimation. So anonymous internet strangers was I an a-hole for having our son drop us off and pick us up? No. I feel like this lady is forgetting, like, the situation or something like it could happen a lot. Anytime someone's kid leaves the house with their car, like, they're probably not always 100% available. Mm-hmm. But also, don't they only have one car? Anyways? Yeah. Like, that was the whole point. They can't go help him with another car if something happened. Yeah. I think not the a-hole. Everyone else is saying not the a-hole. I feel like that was a like that's a very makes sense logical conclusion. 
it's not like they're inebriated. Like, they are probably just a little tipsy, if anything. And, like, they took every single, like, step and conclusion that I would have been like to be like, okay, yeah, like, works out great for sure. We'll see you back here after the movie. Mm-hmm. I even saw some people saying, like, oh, like, not the a-hole it teaches your son responsibility and, like, not, like, the importance that you guys say, like, oh, like, don't drink and drive and instills that lesson upon him. Mm-hmm. If I was that, if I was there, I'd be like, what? You, like, do you want me to drive home right now? Like, <laughs> okay. No, they want to split the cab. That's why they were like, no, come with us. <laughs> um, am I the a-hole for embarrassing my friend over an engagement ring? My fiancé, 28 male, recently proposed to me, 27 female. One thing that we planned on beforehand was picking out a ring together because I'm extremely picky about jewelry. My fiancé was incredibly generous when it came to the ring. We make a pretty good living, have no debt, um, have saved up enough for a down payment on a house, etc. So I was hoping he would be, but I know some people just think engagement rings just shouldn't cost a ton, which I also respect. I was ready to offer to pay for half the ring myself if he didn't want to spend a ton. But he sat me down and said he budgeted $20,000, and then she had three exclamation points in parentheses, and I should pick out my dream ring. Oh my I God. spent about half of what he offered. Um, I was out to lunch with some of... Hey, babe, I have budgeted $20,000. <laughs> I was out to lunch with some friends who saw my ring and were immediately able to guess the price within about $1,000. Let's call these friends M, L, and S. We got into... We got onto the topic of ring budgets. M said her husband hadn't wanted to spend more than 2000 so she stuck with Moissanite, and Elle said she was hoping her boyfriend would be willing to spend about what my fiancé spent. Then S said she couldn't believe anyone at all was okay with having a ring worth more than a couple thousand on their finger, and it would stress her out even to have to look at it, and if she was ever proposed to, she would give them a gemstone from her mom's jewelry collection to repurpose into a ring. Here's the thing. Her parents are super rich, and her sister did the same thing with one of her mom's old gemstones. This convenient gemstone was actually a two-carat diamond that once belonged to an earring. S has mentioned before that she loves her sister's engagement ring and wants to have the same thing done with the diamond and the other earring. I thought this was ironic but didn't say anything. More recently, we were all at another friend, A's house, helping with some wedding planning. This other friend is trying to do a budget wedding less than $10,000. Um, A was quite stressed that she'd be going over budget. Out of nowhere, S went, it's totally understandable that you're stressed. $10,000 doesn't go very far here. Do you think you it can raise your budget? After all, $10,000 is what some people around here spend on their ring, which is crazy. And this time, S stared right at me. I was so shocked, I just blurted it out. Look, S, I really wish my parents also had a two-carat diamond laying around that they could pass on to me. Unfortunately, they're super poor. I guess this embarrassed S because she left the party shortly, or she left pretty shortly after that. My friends have told me that I'm in the right and she needs to chill on the ring talk because my fiancé and I agreed on everything beforehand, but this all feels so stupid and petty, so I'm feeling pretty bad. Am I the a-hole? No. I mean, you had a comment that was directed at you, so you just shot right back. Yeah. I think you're able to do that. I think it is, like, this doesn't seem like a very high-stakes st- high situation, like, she had an offhand comment here. You had an offhand comment back. And clearly, like, everyone has their own opinion on, like, what should and should not be spent for rings. And you already kind of brought up, like, how her stance was kind of ironic anyways because of her situation that she can be in. And none of it really matters. And so I feel like Sierra's kind of right in that she took her shot. You take your shot. Your shot well, it's like if she's going to dish it out, she's got to be able to take it. And she was like, you responded to me? 
<laughs> so yeah makes no sense yeah yeah i actually expected this to be like a lot more about like the pricing and stuff of engagement rings but which like my stance on that is like as long spend, as you guys agree yeah. spend whatever you want or as little it's as your you money. want spend it how you want like my personal stance might be different than someone else but if they made that decision okay not the a-hole. I was all prepared to give you your the a-hole before I even read this because the title, but your rich friend is trying to cosplay humble and it's not working. Good on you for calling her out. Um, someone said, is 10K a lot for a ring? That seems subjective. Um, I think that, yeah, most people are saying not the a-hole, so. Well, good. Um, are you fine calling it there then? Yeah, we could call it. I'm like, I'm not really partial to my last two that <laughs> I have. So unless you had one that you really wanted to share. Um, but I feel like the last two aren't really that interesting. No. Okay. Well, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a fun one. Thought we had some more interesting. Like, there's definitely some that we like read, and it's like, okay, like, are you just writing this so like we all agree with you? Um, but I think there was a few in there that were like, could have gone either way. Slash, yeah. were a little bit more nuanced. Yeah, nuanced. Um, if you guys want to share your own opinions and continue the conversation, feel free to follow us on Instagram at according to, and check out the, um, post related to this episode. And otherwise we will talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye. Bye.